Turn please to John chapter 15, John 15 and verse 1. Jesus said, I am the true vine and my father is the husbandman. Husbandman could be translated gardener or farmer, vine trimmer. Jesus is the vine, the father's the vine dresser. Every branch in me, who's the branch? Have you figured that part out? That's us. Every branch in me that bears not fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he purges it, that it may bring forth more fruit. Now, a lot of people don't like the sound of purging. But I sure like that a lot better than being cut off and burned. Don't you? Give me purging. (laughs) <laughs> and if you understand the scripture, then you want to purge it. <laughs> Try it out for size. Say it out loud. Give me some purging. <laughs> now see, some people, they think, oh, I wouldn't say that. You better say it. You better say it because you need it. There's no such thing as a fruit tree or a vine, no matter how good it is, how much it produces, that never needs any trimming. The very best fruit trees and vines need some dead stuff, superfluous stuff, unnecessary stuff cut off so it can put out new shoots and new branches so that it can grow. And so that the stuff that unnecessary stuff ceases to be a drain and a waste of resources. Anybody in here interested in fruitfulness? And so we see two very important things right off the bat. Every branch ought to bear fruit, number one. If you're not bearing fruit, better get to bearing fruit. But then secondly, if you are bearing fruit, you can always bear more, produce more. So two things that we're going to be focusing on is number one, bearing fruit. And then number two, what? Bearing more fruit. Verse 3, now you are clean through the word which I have spoken to you. Abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself except it abide in the vine. No more can you except you abide in me. I am the vine. You are the branches. He that abides in me and I in him the same brings forth much fruit. For without me you can do nothing. If a man abide not in me, he's cast forth as a branch and is withered, and men gather them and cast them into the fire, and they're burned. If you abide in me, and my words abide in you, you shall ask what you will, and it shall be done unto you. Herein is my Father glorified. You want God to be glorified in your life? How? That you bear much fruit. So shall you be my disciples. Can you see how the Lord's been working on us even for months? You know, we camped for months on being a disciple, didn't we? Then we camped on seeing Jesus. And and where has it gotten us? It's gotten us to the point of bearing fruit. The Lord has invested into us, invested into us, invested into us. Now he wants some fruit. It's picking time. (laughs) Harvest time. He won't see some fruit. And he's got every right to see some fruit. He's fed us. He's put faith into us. He's put revelation into us. He's paid our bills. He's met our needs. He's given us a place to stay and jobs and things to do. And now he wants some fruit. How many think he ought to have some fruit? He ought to see some fruit. Now don't misunderstand me. I'm not implying that we've had no fruit. The fact that we're having a service and we're looking at each other in here today, that's fruit. And we've had people saved and we've had people get back to God and we've had projects that have been successful in reaching people. But how many think the Lord could increase us greatly? That, you know, where we had a certain amount of fruit born in a whole year, that much could happen in a month or less. So uh, that's we know God's a God of increase and we know that nothing's too hard for him. So we know it's his will that we produce more and more. And don't you think that'd make us happier too? If we knew we're being more productive, 
We're getting more done. Because in just a few more breaths and days, you and I are out of here. And contrary to reincarnationist, you only get to do this one time. Once. (laughs) Now keep reading. Down in verse 16. Just skip down to verse 16. You have not chosen me, the Lord said, but I have chosen you and ordained you. Why did he pick you? He chose you. And what has he ordained you to live during this time? And on these places, to do what? That you should go, not sit down and do nothing, but get up and go and bring forth fruit, and that your fruit should remain. Eternal fruit. That whatsoever you shall ask of the Father in my name, he may give it you. So we know the Lord is very interested in us producing. Go with me to Matthew Matthew's account of the gospel, please, and the seventh chapter. We saw last week that the key to producing fruit, we just read it here, was abiding in him. Abiding in him. What does that mean? That word abide, simplest form of it, definition, is to say stay. Stay in him. What's stay, what's the opposite of stay? Leaving. And so, uh, obviously, if the branch leaves the trunk or the vine, if it leaves it, it can't produce any fruit on its own. And we gave the illustration of, you know, you can't take a branch and just go hold it up to the tree for a few minutes. And go, all right, fruit, 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 where's the fruit? Where's the fruit? Well, I held it up there for 30 minutes. No, it's got to stay, doesn't it? And that's the way you and I, we can't just connect for a few minutes on Sunday morning. We got to stay. We got to stay. His words have to stay in us. We got to stay connected to him. We're talking about. He's talking about. Continuous communion. Say it out loud. Continuous. continuous. Communion. communion. See this is the key. To fruit bearing. Isn't it? Because. You know, the branch can't produce anything by itself. The fruit is produced on the branch, but everything it takes to produce the fruit is coming from the vine. It's just flowing through the branch. And so with us, we can't have any fruit unless it came from him and came through us. And so we got to stay connected. In these passages, we'll have some more detail on what it means to be connected to him. Matthew 7 and 15. Matthew 7 and 15, he said this. Beware of false prophets, which come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravening wolves. You shall know them by their fruits. Read that phrase out loud with me. You shall know them. By their fruit. Say it again. You shall know them by their fruit. He's warning us about individuals that have an appearance, but that's not what they are. Did you know there are some people that's just too sweet? Anybody know what I mean by that? It's not real. It's a show. It's phony. If you develop some, you can hear it a mile off. I mean, you can see it. To those that don't know, maybe they're more easily duped. But he said they're wolves, but they've got on a sheep costume. And you know why? one reason why people are so easily duped? is because they're not looking for fruit. They're looking at the outward appearance. We should be always looking for fruit. I mean every situation, every project, every vision, every church, every ministry, every man, every woman. We ought to be going, where's the fruit? Where's the fruit? Where's the fruit? Try it out loud with me. Where's the fruit? The fruit. (laughs) What do you mean by that? What have they produced? And what kind of stuff have they produced? 
Is it good fruit? Or is it bad fruit? Keep reading. He said, You shall know them, verse 16, by their fruits. Do men gather grapes of thorns? What's the answer? No. Or can you get figs off of thistles? No. Even so, every good tree brings forth good fruit, but a corrupt tree brings forth evil fruit. And a good tree cannot bring forth evil fruit, neither can a corrupt tree bring forth good fruit. Every tree that brings not forth good fruit is hewn down and cast into the fire. Wherefore, by their fruits you shall know them. How will you know it? How will you know what kind of person they are? What kind of ministry they are? What kind of church it is? What does it produce? What does it produce? We live in a society. It's always been this way in the world. But with the advance of media and development of media, people can project it much more. It's about the facade, about the look, the PR being more significant than anything else. And people have been able to just get away with everything. And even amongst God's people. People can come in and if they got a good show and talk a good talk and smoke in mirrors, people will just follow them off a cliff and give them all their money. And it can't last forever when it's not right and not real. And so then there's tragedy and people are so hurt and they're so upset and the thing is why did they follow them with no fruit are y'all with me friends people are doing this right and left oh well they wrote a book and they got six letters at the end of their name and the book was big and it had a nice cover on the front of whoop-de-doo what have they done what have they produced are y'all listening, friends? Yeah. You know, Brother Hagin used to tell about it was popular. I guess this was during the 70s in particular that people had found out about the five-fold ministry gifts. Of course, they'd been in there the whole time. But they decided, hey, I'm an apostle. So that's above everybody else. So they'd go to churches. and People never saw them before. Go in there and tell the pastor, hey, I'm an apostle. So you got to listen to me. I'm going to tell you what to do. And uh, some people just turn their work over to them almost. Because why? Because they're an apostle. Well, said them. <laughs> but Brother Hagin would say, and, and never did build anything. Not even a chicken coop. <laughs> So-and-so's an expert on marriage and family. Well, the first thing I want to know is about their marriage. And their family. Their kids. Oh, well, it's a disaster. And they're on their sixth marriage. And that's not looking too good. And their kids. But they found out they know. Uh-uh. No. If it's right, it produces right fruits. Yeah, but they've been through a lot. So they could. No, they can tell you how to make it through. But they couldn't tell you how to produce the good unless they've done that. We don't just want to know how to survive. We want to know how to be fruitful. We want to know how to produce. People's expert on building churches and on advancing, making ministries grow. What have you done? Where? Oh, no, I just prayed and got revelation. Well, why don't you put it into practice? Let's see it. Then come tell us how it turned out. (laughs) No, the Lord... Gave it for me to come tell you. I just feel led that you should do this. Uh Uh-huh. I've heard that too many times. And if you say, well, I really got this on my heart, Brother Keith, that you should. Whoa, whoa, whoa. If you got it on your heart. (laughs) No, no, you understand. I got it on my heart that you should. do. Hey. God talks to me too. If it's really that important and and he hadn't talked to me about it at all. (laughs) No. 
If it's a good tree, what's going to happen? And you'll know them how. Not by their ideology. Not by their intentions. But by what they have produced. We live in a world that has been dazzled by bright lights and smoke and mirrors and shuck and jive. <laughs> That's a good 70s phrase. <laughs> but it, it describes it, doesn't it? I mean, people can talk and they can do all this stuff and folk just get moon-eyed and just follow them down the path. We should not be so gullible and so easily duped and deceived. Jesus told us, how will you know what they are? How will you know if they're good or not? How will you know? Help me out. How will you know? By their fruit. Not what they dream. Not what they imagine. Not what they talk. What have they produced? What have they produced? Oh, I've got this big dream. Hey, I'm not diminishing vision. You gotta have vision. But, a sign that it is a right vision and it'll be a good vision is that they've had vision before and it produced. And they had vision before and it produced. And again, that would indicate that this one's gonna to produce too. But somebody that all they ever do is talk, no fruit. Somebody say, no fruit. No fruit. Anybody can put any kind of label on an empty can. Doesn't put anything in the can. <laughs> Tell me how you'll know them. How will you know people? I'm not just talking about pastors and ministers. I'm talking about everybody. Jesus didn't specify pastors. He's talking about everybody. Your neighbor. Your friends. Your relatives. You. What kind of person are you? How you know? Look at your fruit. Look at what you produced. Now, if it's not looking so good... You know, somebody said, well, you know, uh, how can a, a thistle produce figs? How can a thorn bush produce something good? Well, it can't unless there's a miracle and it's changed into something else, which is called the new birth. Oh, glory to God. You can take an old thorn bush, never produced anything but a bunch of thorns and stickers for the last 40 years. But by the miracle of the new birth. All things are passed away. All things are become new. And it now can actually produce something good. Because it's got something good in it. It's different. Glory to God. Look with me down in uh, Luke the 6th chapter. By their fruits. You shall know them. Luke 6 and 43. 6 and 43 Jesus said, for a good tree brings not forth corrupt fruit. Neither does a corrupt tree bring forth good fruit. For every tree is known by his own fruit. Is this true with everybody on the planet? How will you know them? By their ideology. By their presentation. By their intentions. No, by their fruit. For of thorns men do not gather figs, nor of bramble bush gather they grapes. A good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth that which is good. An evil man out of the evil treasure of his heart brings forth that which is evil. For out of the abundance of the heart his mouth speaks. Now here we get into a big part of fruit production. The mouth. Turn with me to Proverbs, please, the twelfth chapter. A good man out of the good treasure. Now, treasure has to do with, maybe I could use this word, reservoir. I've found in ministry, the Lord helped me to see this concept early on, 30 years ago. I trained up under Brother Kenneth Hagin, Sr., and one of the first meetings we had, a friend of mine was there. We were first-year students, and just as green as could be. And we had him first night. Brother Hagin came out, and I mean, the word flowed, and the wisdom, and the anointing was there. And he looked at me. He said, "Man, I think Brother Hagin really got ready for this meeting." We sat there a minute, and then I, I punched him. I said, "I don't think so. I think he lives ready." 
and the Lord was dealing with me, you don't just get ready like that. He's been putting things in him for the past, at that time, 50 years. And there had developed a reservoir, a treasure, or treasury. Come on, can you see that? Inside, and that's where the good comes out of. And uh, so I even at that point I saw, and after I was there at school, and then afterwards I didn't immediately pursue another occupation, even though I didn't have invitations and that kind of thing. Some people got a little concerned about me and said, well, aren't you going to do this or do that, Brother Keith? And, and I said, no. They said, well, what are you doing? I said, I'm getting ready. <laughs> and I, I was so green, I'm putting into myself. So I'm reading and praying and studying. I mean, when you're green as that, that's about all you need to do if you're called to, to speak, you know, especially. And, and so uh, people would say, well, do you have invitations? No. Uh-uh. They said, well, what are you going to do? I said, there's no shortage of places to go and people to minister to. There is a shortage of people that's got something to say when they get there. That's not my job to do. My job is to cooperate with him and get in me. How many of the Spirit of God brings things to your remembrance? But what if you never knew it? You can't be reminded of something you never knew. So, uh, you know, people don't realize that, you know, they lay out a church when things are going pretty good and they don't take advantage of things and meetings and things that are available to them. You know, our services ongoing, our special meetings that we have, these are not just for us. They're for you. And you might think, well, I'm doing pretty good. I don't need that. Hey, life ain't over. You, you need every good thing put in you that you can get. And you may not see it now or next week or even next year. But I'm telling you, there will come a time when you'll need something and you'll be so glad that you got it in you. Because the Lord will bring it up in you with force. And you may not even remember where you got that. But it's just what you needed to get you through. Somebody say glory to God. Good treasure. Out of the good treasure, you bring forth good things. And out of the abundance of the heart, that's the treasure of good, the mouth speaketh. Or we could say releaseth. It's in there. How does it get out? Through the mouth. In Proverbs 12, Proverbs 12 and 14. It says, a man shall be satisfied with what? Good. How? By the fruit. There's fruit. Of what? Fruit of his mouth. A man shall be satisfied with good by the fruit of his mouth. Down in the 13th chapter and the second verse. A man shall eat good. How? By the fruit of his mouth. Now eat good. I believe it means eating good. But it also means. The Bible talks about eating and enjoying the good of the land. It's it's not just only physical food. It's enjoying everything that you need. And consuming. Receiving. Being strengthened by. Being nourished by. Every good thing. And how does it come? What does it say? By your mouth? Is this true? By your mouth? The fruit of your mouth. Now over the 18th chapter. A lot of people have this one marked. 18 and 21. What does it say? Death and life are in the power of the tongue. And they that love it shall eat the fruit, fruit thereof. Now where he said out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Was he talking about fruit? That whole passage, by their fruits you'll know them. And here he says, you'll eat the fruit of it. What? The fruit of what you say. Do we believe this verse right here? Is it true that death and life is in the power of the tongue? Is that true? Say it out loud with me. Death yeah. and life, and life are, in the power of the tongue. are in the power of the tongue. Is that true? Yes. 
You know it's in the Bible. You should agree that it's true, but most Christians don't believe it. They just don't. If they did, they'd watch what they say. And by not watching what they say, it proves they don't believe this. They're just like, oh, that's interesting. That's nice. I'm sure there's... They just say anything that crosses their mind. And they say stuff they don't believe. And they say stuff they don't mean. And they say stuff they don't want. And if you say anything about it, oh, well, I I didn't mean that. I'm I'm just carrying on. What what are they saying? It's not really going to bring death. It's just, you know, we all just blab on sometimes. and That means you don't believe this. But it's still true. Whether you believe it or not. Hmm? It's still true. People say, I've had people say, well, I, you know, that stuff you talk about Mark 11, 23 and stuff they other talk about, you know, you can have what you say. I don't believe that. That don't work. It just did. You're saying you don't believe it works positively for you. And it doesn't work for you positively. But it just got through working for you negatively because you believed it didn't work and said it didn't. And so it don't. For you. (laughs) The word is true. Whether you think so or not. And it's working. Whether you think it is or not. Smart people. Go with it. Receive it. Put it into practice for good. Producing good fruit. Go back to Luke. The 8th chapter. Luke 8 and verse 7. This passage talks about what we call the parable of the sower. And of course this whole thing's about bearing fruit. Isn't it? Being fruitful. And how that seed, good seed, was sown in different types of ground. Wayside ground. And stony ground and thorny ground and good ground. And we won't take time to go through that. That's a big study within itself. But just notice verse 7. It said some fell among thorns. And the thorns sprang up with it and did what? Choked it. Choked what? Choked the results of the good seed. Now, one of the first times, well, not the first time, but as I begin to understand the passage, not too far into it, that I read that I was amazed that anything could choke the good seed. We're talking about the incorruptible seed of the Word of God. Is it possible that something could choke that out of a person's life? It is. Man, that's a sobering thought, isn't it? Because it's up to us what we let grow in us. It's our choice. God's not going to tell us what we can and can't grow. The same soil that will grow amazing tomatoes will grow amazing marijuana. <laughs> Y'all laughing at me for <laughs> The same soil, you know. I know there are variances in minerals, but you know the principle I'm talking about. That would grow something good to eat, would grow heroin. And if it'll really grow corn, then it'll really grow grass. I know. Anybody done any gardening or farming? Oh, man. You go out there and you plant and... If you fertilize it or, or whatever you do and you realize all that water and all that fertilizer is just feeding that grass too, man. I mean, those weeds, whoo, if your corn is coming up, so are the weeds. Because the ground will produce both. And the ground of your heart and my heart will nourish thorns and thistles just like it will the word of God. But if you do. If you let it do that. It will make you unfruitful. Because what do thorns do? Choke. Choke out. 
the good seed of the good word. Skip on down to verse uh, 14. 14. That which fell among thorns are they, which when they have heard, they go forth and are choked with what? Cares. What's cares? Worries. And of course connected with worries is going to be fear. And riches. Actually Marx says it in more detail. The deceitfulness of riches. That's idolizing and loving money. That'll choke out the word. And lusts. Which just means strong desires of other things. Think, what other things? Things other than the things of God. What do thorns do? What do thistles do? Well, they suck the water up that should be going to the good plant. They suck up the minerals that should be going to the good plant. And if they do that and grow, then they'll get bigger than the good plant and block out the light. Won't they? And suck up the light and can choke out that good plant so that, as Luke says, it never brings any fruit to perfection. Fruit was, potential was there. It even began to develop, but it never reached maturity and they never produced any fruit. Why? Because of too much other stuff in their life sapping all the resources. Now this is not a fairy tale. This is not theory. This is happening in everybody's life on the planet to a large or small degree. What we want is some pruning. <laughs> Come on, saints, are you with me this morning? We want some weed pulling and limb trimming and dead stuff removal. Come on, do you want it? Do you want it? Do you want it? Do you want it? Now get this though, it's part of you. We're talking about stuff that's part of you. Part of your life. Part of you. That's what Jesus told us. He said, even if it's like pulling your eye out, even if it's like cutting your hand off, if it's holding you back, cut it off. Stuff that's, we're not talking about your neighbor, we're talking about you. Or either that or you Produce the maximum amount of fruit that could ever be produced on the planet and are capable of producing no more because you've reached Christ-like perfection. That's not it. That's not it. (laughs) So, (laughs) you need some trimming and some weed pulling and some purging and some pruning. Do you? Pray it out loud right now. Say, Lord. I want to be pruned. I want to be purged. Help me to see every dead thing, every hindering thing, every resource sapping, strength robbing thing in my life that hinders fruitfulness for you. Yeah. You believe he heard that? Yes. You know it's his will. Will he show you? But when he does, what will you do? Will you receive the correction? Will you receive it? Say, well, man, I need to get that out. I need to cut that off. I need, I need to cut that back. I need to change that. I need to get that out. I need to cut that in half. I need to add this. The Lord's working in us. He's bringing us. You know, we, we shouted about the best shape of our lives. Because we were just thinking about being out of debt. <laughs> That's included. But God had something much bigger in mind. When he said best shape of your life. That means you are producing more. Than you have ever produced. Of real spiritual eternal fruit. Your time is making more of a difference. Your energies are impacting more people and helping more people. You're getting more done in less time. you got more to do with than you've ever had before. The best shape of your life is fruitfulness. More fruitful than you've ever been. Say it's coming to pass. It's coming to pass. In my life. In this time. 
Glory to God. Glory to God. Are you excited at all? Thanks be unto God. Life's too short to waste it, to blow it. Resources are too precious to waste on thorns and weeds. Let's feed the word, not the weeds. What do you do? If you've got areas in your life, well, go to Ephesians 5 while I'm saying this. Ephesians 5. If you've got areas in your life that are not right, and by not right, I mean not right month after month. Anybody can be challenged, tested, tempted, tried, but if things are right, you'll overcome. You'll overcome, you'll be victorious, and you'll go on with life. But I'm talking about in areas in life, it's as bad as it was many years ago, and it stays that way month after month, year after year. Then I assure you, every time, if that's the case, you there are things you are looking at and listening to and thinking about that are not right. And it's in you enough that it'll be coming out of your mouth. And you'll be saying things that are not right, and that'll lead you to do things that are not right. And that's how the problem is perpetuated. And if you could stop looking at the wrong thing and stop listening to and thinking about the wrong thing and stop saying those words of death over yourself, then you could turn your life around. Couldn't you? Because death and life's in the power of what you say. But the problem is if you've said something and thought something, even though it's terribly wrong, if you said it and thought it and talked it for years, to you that's normal. You don't notice it. And it would help if we were more open to uh, the Lord using other people to help us. But most people are not. They're like, well, tell me what to say. (laughs) But if you were smart, you would say, hey, if you hear me say anything along that line, tell me. I need to know because I got to change this. This thing is ministering death to me. I know uh, I mentioned this first service and it'll bear repetition in praying with other people, families, trying to help people concerning their kids and their grandkids, particularly that are having problems. And I'm talking specifically now about kids in their teens and grown kids that are just their life is a mess and and it keeps the uh, whole family in turmoil. One of the toughest things with folks is to get them to quit talking about it. I've been with folks and you pray a good prayer I mean you pray the word you get in faith you even get a a release and a witness glory to God but we prayed the right way and you know things are set in motion to turn it around and the very next day or two days later you're talking to them they say man I just don't know what I'm going to do with that girl I just don't know man it's the biggest mess and this and that and we just don't know what to do and I don't guess they'll ever amount to anything and I don't guess well friend you just undid your prayer Are y'all with me? And you're looking at and listening to and thinking on the wrong thing. That's a thorn. That's a thistle. You are watering the thorns. You are putting miracle grow (laughs) on the thorns and bramble bushes. Just watering them. How many know when you're thinking about it and you're talking it, you're watering it. You're watered. Just like in here, we're watering the Word this morning. Amen. We're planting the Word. We're watering the Word. Amen. Not thorns. Praise God. Now when you get home, you need to water the Word. Amen. Not the thorns. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> this may be better preaching than you think. I'm telling you, even though you get a good planting of the Word... And it already begins to push little shoots up. You go out of here and water bramble bushes the rest of the week. It's going to outgrow the word. It's going to shadow it and choke it out. Jesus said so. So what you got to do is water the same thing, good thing you heard. And feed that. And you got to discipline yourself. You can't let yourself talk about how bad it is. You can't let yourself talk about and think about how crazy they're acting. You can't let yourself think and talk about how long it's been that way. You can't. Or that's why you're watering 
Uh, come on, I want you to see it. Big yellow wand. Big miracle grow thing attached. Water. You're watering bramble bushes. Bramble bushes. Thorn bushes. It'll grow up your whole life. Everywhere you go, it'll stick you and prick you. And you'll be sad and tormented and crying all the time. Ouch. 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 I just can't stand all these thorns anymore. Bring me the miracle growth. <laughs> you have so many briar bushes they can't see you for. And you're the one that watered them and fed them by thinking and talking and listening and talking about it night and day. You've got to discipline yourself. Oh, it's there? Sure, it's there. Don't talk it. Talk the word. I said talk the word. Don't talk the sickness. Talk God's word of healing. Talk living, not dying. Talk being healed, not being sick. Talk prospering, not poverty. Talk it. Hmm? You talk about watering some briar patches. The media has done it in the financial world this year. Oh, man. They broke out the fire trucks. <laughs> and the airplanes that would fly over and drop loads on... And we have got a mess. What if the only thing you ever heard on the news was somebody smiling and quoting scriptures? <laughs> and saying, God is faithful to supply all our needs according to his riches in glory. And we're coming into the best days of our life. And we're breaking out on the left and the right. What if that's all you ever heard anywhere? There would be no fear in the markets. There'd be none of these slumps and issues and problems. People think it couldn't be that simple. It is. It is. It is. You can't control the whole world. You can control what's between your ears. And what's under your nose. You can control what you look at. What you listen to. What you think about. If you control that. That'll affect what's in you. Whatever you're looking at, thinking about all the time, you'll get full of, good or bad. And then out of the fullness, out of the treasure, abundance of your heart, that'll come out of your mouth just almost without you thinking about it. You find Ephesians 5, Ephesians 5 and 8, no water in the briars, Ephesians 5 and 8, well verse uh, 7, he said, be not ye therefore partakers with them, for you were sometimes darkness, but now are you light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. Should we be different from the unsaved world? I mean, should we be radically different in how we think and talk and way we live? Radically different. Verse 9. Why? Because they're children of darkness. We're children of light. For the fruit of the Spirit, actually the Greek word there is light. The fruit of light is in all goodness and righteousness and truth. Good fruit, right fruit, truth fruit, word fruit, gospel fruit. Proving what is acceptable to the Lord and have no fellowship with what? The unfruitful works of darkness, but rather reprove them. Don't have any fellowship with that. Go to uh, Colossians 1. Are you just like the ground? Hmm? You'll produce good stuff or bad stuff, depending on what's put in you. Well, is it up to you what you let people put in you, though? Yeah. Yeah. It's up to you what you let people put in your eyes and put in your ears, put in your mind. It's up to you what you talk. That's one thing that makes us unique among God's creation. We can choose. We are speaking spirits. Speaking spirits. And we can choose what we believe and we can choose what we say. We can choose what we think on. This is a great honor and liberty the Lord's given us. But if you use it wrong, it's death. 
Colossians tells us what produces the kind of fruit we're looking for. We've touched on in Ephesians fruits of darkness. Colossians 1 5. 1 5. It says, For the hope which is laid up for you in heaven, whereof you heard before, in the word of the truth of the gospel, which has come to you as it is in all the world, and does what? It brings forth fruit as it does also in you since the day you heard of it and knew the grace of God and truth. What brings forth fruit? The word of the gospel of truth is going to bring the kind of fruit you're looking for. We're wise to be in church this morning with our Bibles. Looking. Listening. Believing. Looking for it. But what about the rest of the day? What about tomorrow? What about tomorrow night? You're going to be watering something. Aren't you? I was ministering to a lady some years ago. And she was uh, had been in and out of mental institutions. Terrible problems with her, her mind and her. Her being, her life had just been tumultuous. And the Lord prompted me to take her over to Joshua, where the Lord told Joshua, this book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth, but you'll meditate in it night and day, that you may observe to do according to all that's written therein. Then you'll make your way prosperous. Then you'll have good success. Does that sound like being fruitful and and bearing good fruit? What two things did he say do? Keep it in your mouth. Meditate in it. When? Day and night. Night and day. And when I told her that, she interrupted me. She said, you can't do that. You can't think on the things of God all night and all day. Well, she just said what a lot of other people thought. But I looked at her and I said, well, first of all, sister, I didn't write that. The Lord said that. And if he said it, he must have known whether we could do it or not. So just the fact that he told you to do it proves you can do it. I said, but besides that, it's not a matter of whether you can think on something night and day. You're already thinking on something night and day. And it's obvious you've been thinking on the wrong thing because it's been putting you in the institution. It's not a matter, can you think on something? You're already thinking on something. You're already watering something and feeding something. Night and day, the question is, what are you watering? What are you feeding? He said, think about what I said. Meditate on what I said. Now go to Psalm 1. Psalm 1. What does it say? Blessed. Is the man that walks not in the counsel of the ungodly. Stop. When's the last time you recognized the counsel of the ungodly? You've heard some this week. Did you recognize it? Did you listen to it for another two hours? (laughs) A lot of people did. What's the counsel of the ungodly? Ungodly. Is like the uncola. What's uncola? There's no cola in there. What's ungodly? No God in there. Well, it's just secular. I mean, they're not necessarily anti-God. They just, you know, they're not. Hey, that's not good enough. We got to have God in everything. Everything. Because trying to pretend that you can do something without Him. And without him knowing about it or being involved in it, it doesn't matter if he thinks about it one way or the other. That's just lies. Pretending. The counsel of the ungodly nor stands in the way of sinners, people that are doing sin and doing things wrong, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. Now friend, this covers, this covers half the media because they're scornful. They're talking about somebody. Scorning. Ah, did you know what they did? Ah, can you believe they did that? Ah, we're not supposed to sit in the seat of the scornful. We're not supposed to listen to that. Why? Because it's watering something you don't want to harvest from. Every one of these things is watering thistles. 
thorns, briars, bad stuff that you don't want to grow and you don't want that evil fruit in your life. If you don't want the fruit, don't water the plant. No counsel of the ungodly. No way of the sinners. No seed of the scornful. Verse 2. Oh, but here's what you do. His delight. What do you like to hear? What do you like to look at? What do you like to listen to? What do you like to think about? The law of the Lord. Of course, all they had was the law. We got the whole Bible, got the New Testament now. And in his law does he meditate day and night. That should be one of the strong advantages of having a faith family. And being a part of a faith family is you got faith buddies. And they won't talk scorn with you. And they don't want to talk sin with you. They want to talk the good word. They want to talk faith. They want to talk healing. They want to talk being led by the Holy Ghost. They want to talk the gifts of the Spirit. They want to talk prosperity. They want to talk living long and being strong and bearing fruit under God. And they want to talk about it all the time. Every time you see them. And you want to you want to water some briars? They won't even help you. They're going to hold up. You're going to talk about that? I can't get involved in that. Mm-mm, I'm going to shut my faucet off right now. I, I don't water that stuff. Because I don't want a harvest of that in my life. Keep reading. In his law does he meditate day and night. And he shall be, oh yeah, like a tree. Planted by the rivers of water. That brings forth his fruit in his season. Fruitful. His leaf shall not wither, not even during recessions. And whatever he does shall prosper. Somebody say, this is me. This is my life. This is the word of the Lord. It comes to pass in my life. Praise God. Stand on your feet, everybody. Thank you, Lord. 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 This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.